So when, um, when Jimmy and I were dating, he would tell me that he loved me. And somehow I just could not bring myself to say it back to him for like six months. So he would say, I love you. And I would be like, that's nice. Thanks. <laughs> like for months, like poor Jimmy, right? And somehow I just could not bring myself to say it. So for one thing, um, I wasn't sure that I loved him back. Like liking him was one thing, but loving him is like a whole other level. And secondly, I knew that if I were to say I love you back to him, that something would then shift in our relationship. And I wasn't even entirely sure like what or how, but just intuitively, I knew that after all these months of it just being kind of one directional, um, I knew that to respond back would mean that something would be required of me and that it couldn't just be words. Because love calls forth a response from us and me declaring my love back to him would mean having to give myself to him in a new way. You know, heart, soul, mind, body, just all of myself. And I just wasn't sure that I was ready to do that yet. So in this gospel that Denise read for us in John 21, we get to be a fly on the wall in this very intimate exchange between Jesus and Peter. So this is one of Jesus's post-resurrection encounters with his disciples. And I just want you to imagine the scene with me. So here they are, they're, they're out on the beach and Jesus has cooked breakfast for them and they're eating. And, when, and then in this moment, Jesus turns to Peter and just says, Peter, do you love me? Just imagine all eyes on Peter. It's like awkward. <laughs> and you can imagine the other disciples just being like, oh man, I'm so glad that he's not asking me right now. Because like, as you know, in Jesus's greatest moment of need as he was being falsely accused, tortured, killed at the hands of the state, that every single one of his disciples who swore that they would be with him to the death fled and they left him and Jesus had told Peter that he was going to deny him three times before the cock crowed and Peter swore that even if everyone else left him and deserted him that he would not and yet there he was in that moment denying him not once not twice but three times and the gospel of Luke tells us that when the cock crowed that Jesus turned and looked at Peter and then it says that Peter remembered what Jesus had said to him and that he wept bitterly. I mean, can you imagine that look in that moment between Jesus and Peter? Can you imagine being Peter and those eyes gazing at you and how you must have felt just the shame and the humiliation and the regret that you would have felt? And now those eyes are on you again. And you know that Jesus gave himself on the cross to death and the grave, that he went through hell itself for love of you and for love of this world. You know that he loves you. He showed it to you on the cross. And now those eyes are on you and they're asking you this very pointed question. Do you love me, Peter? Imagine how you would feel. Do you love me, Nora? Do you love me, Jahida? Do you love me, Gregory? 
Like, what would you say in that moment? Like Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my lambs. And then he asks him a second time, do you love me? And Peter answers the same way. And he responds, tend my sheep. And then he asks him the third time, do you love me? Like, what's happening here? Why does anyone ask another person, do you love me? It's because they want to know. They want to know, do you really love them? Like we were made to love and to be loved. Like from the moment we're born into the world, we are asking that question, do you love me? It's not a needy thing. It's just a human thing. It's what it means to be made in the image of God. You know, God wants to be loved too, you know. The last time that Jesus heard Peter's voice, Peter was denying him and saying, I don't know him. I don't know that man. I was not with him. And what we see here is that restoration of relationship between Jesus and Peter. And Jesus wants to know from Peter, Peter, where do we stand? You know that I love you. Do you love me? That's awkward, right? For Jesus to put Peter on the spot like that. But to ask Peter that question was actually so loving because it's in the mutuality of love, not just love in one direction, but that mutuality of love that we grow up and mature into the people that God calls us to be. And so three times Peter denied him. And three times by Jesus asking him that question and putting the demand of love on him, he gave Peter another chance to respond in a way that both restored their relationship and restored Peter from being fearful Peter to loving Peter. And love calls forth that kind of response in us. And in so doing, it makes us into more of who we truly are. And to love Jesus is to love his sheep. Like that's how much Jesus loves his sheep. To love him is to love them. And that's hard. You know why? Because life is easier without sheep to have to worry about. You know, sheep are always portrayed as being like really cute and fuzzy. But you know what? Sheep are a pain in the behind. Like sheep wander off and get lost. Sheep are ornery. Sheep bite. I know, I've been bitten by a few sheep in my life. And I would rather, in response to that question, if I love the Lord, I would rather say, you know, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, that Jesus would have said something like, well, if you love me, just go to church faithfully. You know, read your Bible, pray, you know, serve, try to be a good person. But no, he says, Peter, you know what it's like to be shepherded because I am the good shepherd and I've shepherded you all these years. I've shepherded you all of these years that you've been with me. And now it's time for you to go and become a shepherd. It's time for you to grow up in love. It's now time for you to go and look for that one sheep who is lost. You know, it's time for you to step into the role of the one who tends the flock, the whole diverse, ornery flock of sheep to love them and to care for them and to feed him. Because to love me is to love like me. And Jesus saw Peter 
from the very beginning. He saw this rash, impetuous disciple, this, you know, put my foot in my mouth, Peter, this sheep who gave him such a headache. And when he looked at that Peter, he saw a shepherd. He saw the rock of the church. And even though he knew that one day Peter was going to deny him, he says to him, you know, that Peter who denied me, that fearful, cowardly Peter, that is not who you truly are. The Peter that you truly are is the rock on which I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The Peter that you truly are will stand up in Acts chapter 2 in the same streets that I was once dragged through to my death. You will stand up and be full of the Holy Spirit and bravely proclaim the good news that I've been risen from the dead and that nothing will ever be the same in our world again. The Peter that you truly are will bring the gospel to the non-Jews for the first time in Acts 10 to Cornelius and his household, breaking down those dividing walls of hostility that polarize one tribe from another. And you will go to the mat in Acts chapter 12 before the council in Jerusalem to say that those who've been on the outside, those who've been marginalized, that God has given them the gift of eternal life and the Holy Spirit, just like us. These are our brothers and sisters whom Jesus shed his blood and died for. He would go to the mat for them. And that was the key that opened the door so that the gospel went out into all the world. It's why you and I are here today in this moment worshiping together because, because Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You know, we're turning a corner in our world right now. And there are times these days when I look back on these past three months and I just cannot believe what happened. You know, we have walked and we are still walking through the valley of the shadow of death. This is not over. We are in the middle of a revolution where America and the world is waking up finally to the sin of racism. And the world will never be the same. And in the midst of all of this turmoil and the heavens and the earth being shaken, in the middle of all of that, Jesus is saying to us, do you love me and feed my sheep? Take care of my sheep. I am calling you to move from being a sheep to being a shepherd in a world that is full of chaos and division and fear and uncertainty and to lay down your life for them, just like I did. And it is time for you to grow up and take responsibility for the well-being of this broken and hurting world I love, not to continue to add to the brokenness and the hurt by being divisive and polarizing yourselves, but rather to bring healing the way shepherds bring healing. And that begins with your response to Jesus's question, do you love me? Like some of us are really great at going out there and doing a lot of things, being active and you know, doing X, Y, and Z, and we avoid Jesus. We avoid that loving, penetrating gaze. And some of us are great at just sitting at the feet of Jesus. We love spending time with Jesus in prayer. And we avoid those ornery, difficult sheep, you know, that craziness, just because it's easier. 
But I'm going to invite you now just to take a moment and to ask yourself, do I love Jesus? Actually, not just that. In some ways, that's kind of easier. I want you to imagine right now, wherever you are, Jesus gazing at you. You know, if it helps, you can even close your eyes for a moment. And imagine Jesus gazing at you and saying, Christine, Mario, Tim, Jen, Jenna, do you love me? And just to answer him as honestly as you can. I'm just going to give us just a few moments to imagine that and then imagine yourself responding to that question that Jesus asks you, is asking of you. I'm going to pray. Let's just take a few moments and do that now. Jesus, we come before you this morning. We see your face. We hear your voice. We see that loving, penetrating gaze. And Lord, we don't want to turn our eyes away. We do want to turn our eyes away. And yet the truest, deepest parts of us, um, we don't want to turn our eyes away. But you look upon us and you love us so abundantly, so fully, so freely. And this morning that you ask us, do you love me? And so God, with all of your help and your grace and your courage, Lord, we say to you, yes, Lord, you know that we love you. And God, we pray, Lord, that these would not just be words that we speak, but that it would flow out of the action of our lives, God, as we break down dividing walls of hostility, as we extend our hand to our enemies. God, as we love and defend and speak out on and forgive and all the things, God, that you have done for us, Lord, that we desire to be those peacemakers and healers in our world. And so God, in this moment, Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Send us out to be shepherds, God, in your world, to love the sheep that you love, and Lord, to so bring just the healing and the freedom and the flourishing, God, um, in this world that you so love. We commit ourselves to you, God, and we pray these things, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen.